The following programming has been made possible in part by the generous support of BITS, Blind Information Technology Specialists. An affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, BITS provides career development for computer professionals. For over 50 years, BITS has been on the forefront of industry, promoting and advocating on information access and technology that improves the quality of life for people who are blind and visually impaired. Learn more about BITS programs and how to become a member by visiting their website at www.bits-acb.org. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, hello, everyone. It is time to go out of sight adventures. I've got an awesome crew tonight, and we are super excited to have you join us. Either you are in our Zoom room or via ACB radio. Thank you so much, Darrow, for being our streamer and keeping sure. us tight with the community. Brian, my wingman, how are you doing tonight, Brian? Hola, hola. First of all, I want to say I'm so glad you made it to the plane because I know they opened up the world's largest White Castle today, and I didn't know if you were still in line. I got there early to get my 60-pack. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the most important person where we couldn't take off or land or get anywhere, our wonderful pilot and host, Desiree. How's it going in for you today? It's going. All righty. Well, as everybody read the description, we are off to Mexico. Cancun, Mexico is our first stop. Um, the weather there is going to be uh, 88, mostly cloudy upon landing, and the low will be 81 degrees. So, you know, I hope you guys are ready for some nice warm weather with a nice breeze from the ocean. There's a couple of things since we're traveling international, we got to talk about money. The exchange right now for the peso to the dollar, which peso is their paper currencies. We're not even going to talk about the coins. Um, one dollar is 20 pesos. So one peso is like five cents, just to let you guys know when we talk about the cost of things. So before we go to Mexico or you go to another travel country... You need to be at least two weeks with your bank because it's not like they have this whole collage of all the money around the world sitting at the bank. If you want to change to pesos, you can just give your bank two weeks to order it. But to be honest with you, they love the American dollars. So you want to make sure you get dollar bills and $5 bills because it just really can make your trip um, fantastic when you're dealing with tipping your bartenders, waiters, and your room service. Some safety things to talk about. When we get off of the airplane and we go through the arrival, you're going to be greeted with a lot of people. A lot of people going, ah, taxi, taxi. Oh, here, let me take you here. Let me give you a presentation where I can save you $100 to go see the dolphins. Okay, we're not going to do any timeshares because Brian and I... And Desiree and Darrow have set everything up where we have our transportation set up through the hotel. We've got our concierge service and you don't want to take care of being involved in all that. You always want to do your pre-arrangements and usually through the hotel is, a, is the safest way. So another thing is, is just to let you know about the water temperature, 78 degrees in the winter and 84 degrees during the summer. So nice, warm waters. That's what we love. So a few words. Okay, everybody. Como estas is, you know, how are you? Gracia means thank you. Pofa wood means please. Sadvesa pofa wood. That is beer, please. Baño. That's a very important one to know as a tourist. Do you know what you get most in trouble for? And it's usually the boys. When they've had too much tequila bathroom, they don't find the bathroom quick enough and they think they can go around the corner of the building. And that's what gets you in trouble with the police in Mexico. So um, baño, make sure you know where your baños are. <laughs> okay. Well, um, there's more information. Um, we are not going to drink the water in Mexico. 
Um, when you order your drinks that have ice in them, you always want to ask your bartender if it's through filtered water. So underneath your seat, ACB has wonderfully given us a water bottle for us to go that does filtering and also your sunblock is underneath there because even if you don't go in the water, um, Brian is going to take us on his history stuff and we need to put sunblock on because you're going to burn baby burn baby burn oh I'm not supposed to sing anymore right okay (laughs) all right we're ready for takeoff thank you for coming to our show that's the whole show for the (laughs) evening (laughs) oh come on you know you haven't done everything yet but you know Mexico is fun we're gonna have a great time that's true so are we ready for takeoff the audience is here all mics are on mute trays are in the upright position and yes we have gotten clearance from the tower for takeoff I love our ACB airlines anywhere in 13 seconds flat. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome. All right. Go for it, Brian. Cool. So my favorite part of the show is I get to do travel geek and geek out on you guys. There's a lot to geek out on in Mexico. There's nice long history there from pre-colonial to post-colonial, and I like all the pre-colonial stuff. But... We're going to go through some fun stuff first. So when we're going to go, we're going to go to Cancun, 14 miles of resort-style beach. And then you got Riviera Maya, which is very close by. Uh, a little less party touristy there, um, preferably where I like to go. But really cool thing about the sand in Cancun, it won't burn your feet. I live in Florida. We go to the beach a lot. I don't go on the sand without my water shoes on because I'm a tenderfoot. And my feet burn all the time on the sand. But in Mexico... In Cancun, all of the white sand that you see in the pictures, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful, it glistens in the sun. It is crushed coral. So no matter how hot it gets, and it gets really hot in Cancun, the sand does not get hot. It always feels cold under your feet. So it actually feels really good when it's hot out and you walk on it. It's kind of amazing. That's Um, cool, Brian. That's really cool. Yeah, literally. (laughs) In January of 1970, Cancun, this booming tourist place that we all know about, a lot of us have been to, there was three residents, the entire town, and they were responsible for keeping up the coconut plantation, and that was the only reason Cancun was there. Uh, Now, current day, 700,000 residents, millions of tourists every year visit Cancun, so it's grown considerably in 50 years. This one was really cool, and now I want—I haven't been to this. I've been to Cancun many times, but I have not been to this, and now i got to figure out how to go back to Cancun to see, see this. It is a museum of underwater art. <gasps> yes, it's the Cancun Underwater Museum. Yes, so it is Jason uh, DeCare Taylor is a modern sculptor. There is over 500 life-size sculptures buried in different depths or not buried, but in different depths under the water. And it is an actual museum that you can go to. So I was like, well, if you don't scuba, uh, a lot of the sculptures are available through snorkeling. You can also scuba, but the other thing they have is glass bottom boats where you can see some of the sculptures. You'll be able to see all 500 of them, but you will be able to see uh, some of them like man on fire um, is one of the more famous ones that people talk about. That to me is just like one of those cool, not so touristy, but very touristy things to do like you wouldn't have that in a place that people weren't visiting but at the same time it's not every tourist isn't going to do it so it's something i'm looking forward to doing now and Um, the price is reasonable it's only 170 dollars to do that and it's more than four hours the second largest reef in the entire world is off of cancun so we all know about the great barrier reef uh, off of the coast of Sydney over in Australia. We, we talked about that a few weeks ago. Well, the Maya Barrier Reef is the second largest reef, and it's super, super scuba snorkel friendly because the water's so clear in the Caribbean there um, that you get really good views of everything. If you can see, um, I'm sure that there's probably some sort of audio description tours of it somewhere along the lines. And then 
Also, it is the glass bottom boats are a big thing out there to see this underwater stuff. So it is the second largest. It's teeming with um, with underwater life like uh, sea anemone and uh, swinging coral and, and fish. And so it's the second largest one in the world right here off of North America. There is a giant Mexican flag in the middle of the tourist district, like giant that even this visually impaired guy could see it from miles away. It took six men to raise this flag up the pole. It is made out of parachute material, and this flag weighs over 500 pounds. So think about something made out of parachute, which is a fairly light material, and it's so big that it weighs over 500 (laughs) pounds, and it took six men to get it up the flagpole. So I thought that was pretty impressive and kind of cool. Uh, Riviera Maya, like I said, um, I love going up to Riviera Maya because I'm a geek, and the majority of the resorts up there have small Mayan ruins on the property. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the big hotspot for Mayan ruins when you go to the Cancun area. But Riviera Maya, the, the resorts I've stayed at, there's actual Mayan ruins on the property, which is kind of cool. Like you can just walk around and, and touch thousand-year-old structure. Wow. Um, there's an area called the Hotel Zone which is all the hotels on the beach that are meant for tourists. But all the hotel owners got together, realized they had sea turtles coming and swimming onto the beach like we have here in Florida and along the Gulf Coast and Caribbean, and they set up a safe zone for the turtles. So there's an area of this highly economically fueled tourist-driven beach that the hotel owners have set aside as a safe zone when the turtles come to lay their eggs in May and when the, the baby turtles hatch and go back into the water. It is blocked off every May till I think July-ish to get the turtles safely to lay their eggs and to get them out to sea, which I thought that was pretty cool on the hotel owner's part. You can swim with the largest shark. So yeah, there's whale sharks. (laughs) A lot Uh. of people know that I want to go, I want to go in a cage with the great white, but you don't have to get a cage here. It's nice. They don't attack you because they eat plankton. They don't eat humans. Yep. So they are the the largest. They they swim in groups um, from May till September, off the co- coast of Cancun, and they actually will interact with you if you get in the water and swim with them and, and almost uh, frolic with you, if you will. So that's something I w- I haven't done and would love to do um, because they are giant. If you've I've seen a whale shark, but I've never gotten in the water with one, and they are ginormous. They're so, 40 feet long. And one of the, when I was doing the studies, you want to make sure you have your life vest on, your buoyancy vest on, because they swim so fast. And um, they say the best place to um, swim is right next to them near their mouth, which I was like, what? And then I learned they all only eat plankton. And that's why they drift down to eat the plankton in the water. It, they said, yeah, you're like right there. And their eye is like the size of your head. I was like, oh, my gosh, that would be amazing. Crazy enough, there was almost no beach. So when Hurricane Wilma came through in 2005, it actually decimated eight miles of the 14-mile beach. So over half of it. And they're kind of clamoring and figuring out what to do. So the local business owners, the local government, they all got together and they did a $70 million restoration where they dredged over 1 million pounds of that white sand from the ocean bottom back up onto the beach. So the beach could be restored. So that is the Travel Geek segment for the Cancun area. Oh, thank you, Brian. We really love it when you do that, when you geek out on us. Yeah, I like geeking out. Well, listen, what do you want to do next? Are you hungry? I'm you want always to go, hungry. You want to go get a little bit of food? Sounds so, good to me. Yeah. So we can go to the hotel zone or we can go to downtown. Let's go to downtown. We're going to go to one of the oldest, longest Mexican restaurant. And it's in downtown and it's called La Papa Rita. And, oh, my gosh, just listening to their menu, they've got, of course, quesadillas, tacos, burritos, enchiladas, all the traditional Mexican food that we're used to ordering. But I'm telling you how they prepare it is amazing. 
um, how they do the pork and how they grill their steaks down there. I was mouthwatering as I was listening and learning how they use the sea salt. They sea salt the grill and then they put the flank steak on there to make your fajitas. Oh, and let's talk about the table side guacamole where they dice everything up with the avocados and the tomatoes and the cilantro and the onions and the lemon juice. And they squeeze it all in there. And oh, it's just freshly made right at your table side. Um, You're supposed to eat guacamole? I thought it was just a table decoration. No, Brian, <laughs> you've been denying yourself. Oh, guacamole, holy caramba. But it is very delicious. And what makes, and so your protein that you can put in everything could be seafood, uh, red snapper, tuna, chicken, steak, um, shrimp, you know, any kind of protein that you want, you can order um, to be your protein. But red snapper and tuna are the big ones for um, Cancun. And let me just tell you, it's the sauces that makes the difference. And of course, the fresh ingredients. This ain't no Taco Bell. I'm just saying. It is amazing because the fish like mahi-mahi, you can order it grilled or tempura um, where it's lightly battered. And But it's the different sauces that they do. And that's where the different uh, restaurants are. You've got your red sauces. You've got your green sauces. And, you know, it's not really, you've got to be careful when you go. If you're uh, tender, you might have tender feet, but do you have a tender tummy to spices? You know, <laughs> um, you want to make sure you ask caliente. Okay, everyone repeat after me. Caliente. And you point at it. That means hot. Because red sauce and green sauce, most of the time, the green sauces are usually a little bit not as spicy, but you want to make sure when you go to Mexico that you ask the level. Mucho caliente, caliente mucho, you know, that means is it hot, very hot. And that's what's important to talk about that. It is super, super delicious. And we've got many other places we can go eat. But right now we're going to sit back. The, that restaurant has only been there for um, 45 years. So what Brian was talking about with the history and downtown Cancun is not in the hotel zone. It is okay to travel there, but you want to make sure that you make arrangements to get to downtown Cancun through the hotel that you're staying at. Again, your experience, your American dollar will make your transportation experience very pleasurable, but you always want to know that negotiation in Mexico, that first price when you have cash, you can negotiate it because they want that they want that American dollar. So if they say fifteen dollars, you say twelve dollars. <laughs> Or $10. And you can get really, really great deals with that American dollars in your hand. Um, they They do take credit cards, but I will tell you, a lot of the mom and pop restaurants and the awesome, amazing, if you want to go do water sports, which I don't know, do we want to do water sports now, Brian, or do you want to go... Um, now we'll go, we'll go to some ruins and then we'll go do some water sports. But when you take tours, they want to make sure that you have cash because if you need to go to an ATM, those fees will hit you like $40 to get $400 out. And Brian, how was your experience over there in Cancun? Well, we made sure that we brought cash. Um, and like you said, most of them like seeing that American dollar. So it wasn't a problem spending the cash. Uh, but we also made sure that our credit card, and this is something you want to do anytime you travel internationally, your credit card doesn't have an international exchange fee. And most credit cards these days do not. And then you're not paying um, because we did go international once and our credit card had it. We didn't think it was a big deal. And then our bill came back and it was like $150 more than we anticipated because every time we use the credit card on vacation, Ooh. we were getting hit with a transaction fee for switching. Oh. Which reminds me also, we need to remind everyone to make sure you tell your bank or wherever your credit card's from that you're traveling out of the country. <laughs> Yeah, because that, that like happened to me. <laughs> nothing like getting that text message of, yeah. <laughs> oh, we have your card on lockdown because we see weird spending in Mexico. 
Yeah. 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 So um, they appreciate when you tell them. Yep. That's for sure. And now that I'm hungry for real, um, let's go relax to my favorite place in the Cancun area. I thought this was so cool. And all the times I've been, I was never able. The only time I've been to the Cancun area was on cruises previous to about a year and a half ago. And then we went and we were never able to make one of the excursions. But then we went and stayed at a resort and we did this excursion. It was better than I I had anticipated. And it is the cenotes. And what the cenotes are underground waterways going through caverns and how they've been created is through sinkholes. So it seems like there's an underground river or sometimes it's just a um, like a pooling area. It doesn't have a current. The ones we went in had a, actually a pretty quick current. <laughs> you couldn't stand still uh, without putting some uh, effort into it. They can be short. One of the ones we went through, the, the cave we went through was only maybe a quarter mile long. And then we went through another one. We were underground for probably a good 20, 25 minutes going through the water. The water is super, super cool. I wouldn't say it was cold, but it's super cool, which is super refreshing when you're in the heat understand that even in January, it's 80 degrees. They say January is the best time to visit this area because it's about 80 degrees uh, all day long. So imagine visiting in July when it's 110 degrees and getting into these nice cool waters of the cenotes. It gets really, really dark in some areas. And then some areas it's really cool because you get a crack in the cavern part and there's a little sun coming through. And if you're lucky, you'll hear bats because there's bats in the cavern. Sometimes you'll even, we actually were going through a really dark one and we're hearing them flying around, <laughs> which was freaking some people out. But, you know, they weren't dive bombing us. We just heard them flying. It, it was a very, very cool experience. Um, they can get very crowded. Some of them you can rent tubes because if there's a strong enough current, you can go down. And then you have ones that are for experienced swimmers, divers only, like the Ox Belha which is the longest underground waterway cenote. It's 134 miles long and there's nowhere to get out. (laughs) So uh, you have to be experienced. Um, I shouldn't say there's nowhere to get out. There's areas to get out, but a lot of it is only accessible to scuba divers. Um, They don't recommend going through swimming in certain areas. So depending on where you are, are in that uh, particular system. You may or may not be able to go in. But to me, it was so refreshing. Like, we were walking around. It was September. It was 35 degrees Celsius, um, which is really, really hot. And we got in that water, and it was like, all was right with the world. I didn't even need a cerveza. Oh, no cerveza. (laughs) I mean, I had one eventually, (laughs) but in that moment, I didn't need it because that water just, it was exactly what we needed in that moment. And to be Mm. in that water for, you know, 40, 45 minutes now, the bad part is a lot of these things, you now have to walk back to the beginning point if they don't have a service that runs the, uh, your belongings the whole way. So there's a couple of the snow days where they have like a, they've built a conveyor because they charge to go into a lot of these snow days. They have a conveyor belt that will actually run down the side and bring your stuff with you. Um, when Brian says 35 degrees C, that translates to, translates to 95 degrees yes. Fahrenheit. Thank you. So. I figured you would do that math for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank if I, you. <laughs> I said, if I throw this out there, our, our pilot's going to figure that out for me. <laughs> uh, so not the hottest place I've ever been, but pretty close. And it's just like my home state of Florida, where it's 100% humidity, 363 days out of the year. And then those two other days are just blessings. I highly, highly, highly recommend. It's just such a cool experience, whether you're low vision or whether you're blind. It's just a very cool audio experience you, you you're hearing the water going through the cabins you're hearing the the bats you're here you know when you come to some of them have like full openings before you go into the next cavern so you're hearing the animals that are in the rainforest around it so it, it's a very 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 cool experience so those are the cenotes of and they're all over cancun riviera maya all around that area 
Do we want to go down? Does anybody have any shopping for us? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Now that we're all nice, cooled, and refreshed, why don't we do a little shopping? Okay. So, Brian, don't get too excited, but they do have a Fifth Avenue. We're not talking about New York. Okay. All right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's in Cancun, and it is a wonderful place to go shopping. You can get your sombreros, you know, those big Mexican hats. You can get all different kinds of tactiles and dresses and just a wonderful experience. You can get those macarins, you know, um, and just all your souvenirs that you want and the coffee and, of course, the different types of tequila. And just to let you know, when you're in Mexico and you go to the tequila shot it's not you don't just lick it slurp it and suck it you actually can sit back and enjoy it because the tequila is so smooth you can just enjoy it like a drink and what they like to do is put it with passion fruit or mango or pineapple and really mix it up and the danger zone of having mexican tequila it is so smooth It's like even smoother than, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Patron. I know. Yeah. (laughs) So you're like, wow, "Wow, that tastes really good. And then you're like, uh, four drinks later, you're like, oh, I guess I should have had maybe two waters and just two tequila drinks. So um, that's my saying. Uh, But yeah, this marketplace is is open. You know the old tequila saying, right? Uh, makes my clothes fall off. What? No. no. One no. tequila, two mm-hmm. tequila, three tequila floor. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it the time to see if anyone wants to share a tequila story? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So what we want, if you're listening on the Zoom, you'll be able to interact with us. Uh, tell us if you've been to the Cancun area, Riviera, Maya, anywhere in that area. If you have questions about the stuff we've talked about or if you're planning a trip there. So we will open it up and um, do we have any hands raised? <laughs> Karen. <laughs> hey, Karen. How are you? Hola. Hola. Hola, Karen. <laughs> I've been to um, Mexico at least three times that I can remember. Maybe I had too much tequila. <laughs> too much tequila, I'm about to say. <laughs> but I do recall years ago, I don't know if they still have it, that when you bought a bottle of tequila, there would be a worm in the bottle. There is some brands that still do that. Oh, well, anyway, so <laughs> I, I, and then um, Brian, I, I don't think I'd, into hearing the bats but um <laughs> <laughs> it freaked a lot of people out i'm not gonna lie there was a lot of people trying to figure out how to climb through the cavern walls uh, <laughs> but, they <did. laughs> but are they loose are you um separated oh, yeah. yeah no yeah. they're 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 yeah. they're flying i mean they were you know with my limited vision but from what i could hear they were flying at the top of the cavern they Nobody was getting dive bombed by them, or and it only happened once. A lot of time, if you, uh, my wife is telling me, if you looked up, I couldn't see the bats because it was so dark. Um, but my wife said, if you looked up, a lot of times you could see them just hanging there. And you know what? They couldn't see you because they're blind as a bat. <laughs> But they could smell you. They have radar. They do. They have radar and smell. Yeah, but um, yeah, I wanted to. I was going to say the first time I went um, to Cozumel um, was before the cruise ship stopped there. And um, it, it, was, it was very rustic. Before I went to my first trip was to Cancun and Cozumel. We had a flyover from Cancun. And um, my, before I went there, I never liked Mexican food because it was always just a big glob of stuff. But my experience on Cozumel, I, I'd be on the beach and they would be grilling really great food of all type. Oh, yes. Now have a new appreciation. Also, Cozumel, um, I haven't been there in a while, but I'm sure it's still known for its black coral reefs and um, scuba diving. Yeah, all up and down the East Coast is great, great scuba and snorkel. You have the black coral, you have the the Mayan barrier reef. um, And like you said, some of these cenotes come in off of off of the beach. So you can go from the Caribbean into the freshwater. So you're you're going through the brackish water to get to the freshwater. So, yeah, there's a lot of great 
snorkeling and scubaing if you're and there's a lot of schools to certify you to do the shallow water scuba yeah resort courses yep yeah resort Mm -hmm. courses so it's very very cool and that worm that you're talking about if ingested not recommended but you can eat the worm if you want will get you drunk really 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 quickly um so (laughs) i think that's the and it's supposed to be good luck right so the only (laughs) other thing i wanted to share is you might be getting to it is chichen itza Yep, that's on my list. <laughs> Do not wear sandals in Chichen Itza. That's oh. all I'm going to say. Yes. No yeah. sandals. Yeah. You want to make sure you've got excellent walking shoes, tennis. You want good tennis shoes. And you want to protect yourself from the critters. Yeah. <laughs> so, and sunblock. Cool. we got to have our sunblock. sunblock. Yeah. So we have our wonderful pilot who also loves textiles. And were you able to find anything in Mexico? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I thought so. (laughs) There is a long and sordid past with textiles. The culture of textile making um, in Mexico has been around since 1400 BCE. That's a pretty long time. Um, just a little. <laughs> just a little. So pre-Hispanic invasion, the main kinds of fibers that were used were from the yucca plant, the palm plant, and I know I'm going to mispronounce this, but the maguey, I think, M-A-G-U-E-Y. Those are the main um, kinds of fibers used in their weaving, and they're very much known for their weaving and their embroidery. There was a little bit of use of cotton, but it was mostly in the hot lowlands of the south. After the Spanish conquistadors, you then got the influence of what they call new fibers, such as silk and wool. So I'm like, wow, that is just like so wrapped up in, wow history. Can we say history here? I mean, we all know history, but seriously, there's much more records throughout the history of what the women wore, because they wore a little bit more than what the the men did. Um, And most of their clothing tended to be, you know, because it was woven, it was a lot easier to have, you know, shapes like squares, rectangles, so most of their, you know, clothing was, uh, you know, when they would make, you know, some sort of dress or something, it would be they would do um, what I know now as a um, a dart, but it, it's basically where you pinch the fabric and make a little crease and then, um, you know, tie tie it off there so so you can get some sort of shape. But otherwise, it was mostly wraps, things like that. But they are really still known for their natural dyes and their embroidery work to this day. Oh, yes. A lot of things, if they're handcrafted, like, yeah, they're really handcrafted from the start of, you know, plant harvesting the plant fibers to the, you know, preparing of the plant fibers to, you know, all the nine, all, all of it, like, you know, when they say handmade, their 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 stuff is really handmade down there. And I found out there is a textile history museum in Oaxaca. I was like, that is so cool. Did you okay. just say Waka Waka Waka? No. Oaxaca. Waka. Oh, okay. Oaxaca. Spelled O A X. A-C-A. I love that it doesn't match up to what our American ears. <laughs> anyway, they're also known for, uh, Mexico's also, of course, known for rugs as, as well as ponchos and all, all the other things that we stereotypically think of. But um, when I was sticking around, I'm going, oh, there's so much more than I can get to because like <laughs> we're doing a whole travel history. show on Mexican textiles. Long <laughs> history. <laughs> and, I love you know, it. I so, love it. Yeah. Desiree, I love your additional information on textiles and your geek 
history side and Brian's geek side. I love it. I love it. And one of the things about um, the women's clothing is because of the heat, it's a little looser. You don't wear the tight clothes. No. And very light colors, like white with the embroidery of all the different colors and very vibrant colors. And the skirts are loose. The dresses are loose um, because you want to be airy because of the heat. So, yeah. All right. Well, one of the other places we can go shopping and find all these textiles that Desiree talked about is called, it's in downtown Cancun, and it's called La Parque. That just means park. And it's an outdoor shopping area. And I know, Brian, you're hungry. So, of course, excellent place to get street food. This is a great place to go find the mom and pop stores to get the homemade shirts and dresses. But for you, this is where the best... Say it. uh, Say it. I want you to say it. What? My favorite Mexican food. It's it's the Mexican donut. Yes. Churros. (laughs) Now listen, there's chiroso and churros, and you need to know the difference. Yes, you do. Is a sausage. (laughs) A sausage. And you'd be very disappointed if you order that for dessert. Yes, but a churro, and Brian and I had a very heavy discussion. There's different types of churros, but the best ones are the ones where they put it through the machine, and it's like the consistency of a um, donut, but it's crispier, fried crispy, but it needs to go through the machine that causes the ridges to go like it's long. about. No, it's an extruder, (laughs) an extruder. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. An extruder. And because what happens is, is they they fry these and they're about a foot long or six inches, six inches to a foot long, depending on, you know, who's making them. And then you roll it in this. Yeah. And you but it's really crispy on the outside and soft and chewy in the middle. But the. The cinnamon sugar. The cinnamon sugar is what makes it. And then if you had a really good churro place, they're going to give you warm caramel sauce to dip it in. (laughs) And that that is just extra sweet. It is. And it's divine. And it makes me smile for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing that Brian gets off the airplane, he goes immediately and go gets a churro, not a churroso, but a churro. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So they make me happy. <laughs> Does anyone know if the batter is like extra eggy? Because it reminds me of a particular kind of donut that has a little, you know, that has like egg yolk in it. It's, it's actually not like a straight yeast yeah, dough. No, it's not. Oh. It's it's almost um, when I've made them fresh. It's almost close to a yellow cake batter. Oh, interesting. It, but it's here's really the, close to it. It's just a little bit thicker. But here's what you have to remember in Mexico. They use a lot of coconut milk and coconut water. Ooh, yum. Mm-hmm. But for those of you that have never had coconut water or coconut milk and you're drinking um, your bottled water and all of a sudden you seem to have a little digestion, coconut water and coconut milk can be an enhancement of increasing your bowel motions. They use a lot more coconut milk in their um, desserts, like in their flung, the difference between Cuban flan and Mexican flan is they use uh, coconut milk. We use evaporated milk. So ours is a little thicker. And flan, oh, the flan in Mexico. Oh, Lord. It's so good. And that's basically like a custardy kind of vanilla, but it's caramel has been... um, You cook it upside down so that you caramelize the caramel. Okay. And then you... Most people are familiar with a creme brulee, right? So you've yes, got your cream milk sugar, and uh-huh. then you've got your sugar on top. You know, that that's the main ingredients. You kind of yep. put it in a bain-marie, ban you know, water bath, bake it, et cetera. You put your sugar on top, crystallizes, right? So a flan, a little bit different. It's an upside down. It's an same upside down. <laughs> as, 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 as a creme brulee, which most Westerners are familiar with. But the ratio of egg to milk, whatever kind you're using is going to be different. So it comes out firmer and you put yes. your sugar on the bottom, bottom before you put your cream in, cook it, flip it upside yep. down. That's how you get your caramel sauce going around your flan. 
Yeah. If you make a really good flan, you can crack that caramel sauce as you put into. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that we've all gained forty-three pounds, <laughs> we need to go walking, and we're going to go to the Mayan ruins. All right. Let's so the go. Really. So now you know I'm the geek. I love all this history stuff. So the cool thing with the Mayan ruins on the East Coast, like I said, they're everywhere a lot of these resorts that have been built had made sure that they built on land where the ruins were actually part of the land so you could literally walk out your back patio door and you're touching some sort of mayan ruins they are literally everywhere along the east coast that being said uh like karen said the granddaddy of them all is chichen itza tulum and chichen itza is this giant pyramid area and it's really cool and yes do not wear sandals. Do not wear sandals for many reasons. One, comfort. Two, the rugged terrain is not going to be kind to you. Three, there's a lot of critters that like to bite you that are going to be going around the ruins because it is, it's a highly, even though it's been discovered now for a while, it's still a highly vegetative vegetative area. So there, it's still kind of being left the way it was found to a point. Yeah, so the so are you saying lots of snakes and spiders? Uh, I'm going to say spiders, ants. I have never seen a snake there, but I'm sure um, <laughs> they're there. But, you know, it's during the day. It's being trampled a lot. They're, it's the main place that any resort you go to is going to have a Chichen Itza tour. Um, it gets really crowded. But I think the... Uh, suggestion from Karen of not wearing sandals. And if she has another reason why not to wear sandals, she's more than able to raise her hand and fill in the rest of the blanks. Um, but what I love about Chichen Itza is that I love cenotes. Well, Chichen Itza is actually built an equidistance from a northwest, south, and east cenote that converge underneath the main pyramid. And you'll find a, they have found that you'll find, you may, I guess if you're looking, but they have found many, many sacrificial offerings of human bodies from age three to fifty-five. That the the guest goes from they've just fallen off the pyramid to they've been thrown off the pyramid. They've been left specifically there. There's a lot of the Mayan culture. The more we do research on it, was a um, a very brutal culture when it came to appeasing their gods. Yeah. Um, so th- there's many different things, but I love the fact that you have four different cenotes and they thought this was a mystical place to build this pyramid. And this pyramid was built over a thousand years. So you have it, they call it the layered pyramid because the pyramid was originally started being built, I think around 600 AD. And I think the last, what they have done on the radiocarbon dating and everything they're saying about 1650 is when the third section of the pyramid was built. So over a thousand years. So you have wow. the pre-colonial and then even post-colonial is built. That's um, a commitment so, to act to uh, achieving a goal. Yeah. I mean, we, we get upset when it takes more than two years to build a road, <laughs> you know, so that's literally, that's literally saying, I won't see this finish in my lifetime <laughs> or, or many of my different, uh, descendants won't either so um it's really 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 cool and this is where like i said any hotel you stay at even from the going into cozumel on the uh cruise ships you'll typically if you if you have a long stay in cozumel you'll have an excursion that'll take you to chichen itza do you have to go there to see mayan ruins no um like i said they're literally everywhere but if you want to see like the one when somebody's been to Cancun and they said, I went to the Mayan ruins, they're probably talking about Chichen Itza at Tulum. So um, that is my little bit on that. Um, and it's the whole cenote tie-in was really cool when I found, I didn't know about that until I did the research today. Oh, that's so, awesome. I didn't know that uh, either. That's really cool. So my, we've got go two hands. All right. Awesome. Oh, what do we got? Karen. Yeah. It's hey, Karen. Star- um, uh, no, sorry. Brian, you, yes. you said there is no snakes there. I said I haven't seen snakes. <laughs> okay, well, one thing that I remember them telling me, and maybe they, you know, maybe it wasn't true, right. but the, the pyramid is really, um, you can walk up, they're like steps, steps on yep. four sides of the pyramid. And at the top of the pyramid, there's like a little, square opening and during the autumnal and the vernal equinox 
the sun shines through the square and goes down the side of the pyramid like a snake. Yes, and I can't believe I didn't say that. So thank you for adding that. That is absolutely true and not in my notes for some reason. So yes, thank you. You're <laughs> that welcome. is absolutely true. Um, and there's something with the cenotes too, with the sun and during the equinoxes, it does something special too. But yeah, I mean, you think about them building this pyramid with what we would consider non-modern technology and having the intelligence and having the understanding of the cosmos to build something like that. Stuff like that amazes me. Any of the pyramids around, I mean, there's pyramids around this whole world and they all do something special like that. And it's it's amazing to me. So yeah, awesome. Did we get um, our caller on? Hello, it's Kim. I- Oh, I hi, Kim. I was wondering, when I first put my hand up, I was like, what is he going to talk about, the Mayan ruins? But yeah, a lot of those are the religious type of thing. What I was wondering, though, those underground, I mean, underwater sculptures yes. that you were talking about, are they part of the Mayan ruins also? No, they were done by no, yeah, they were done by a contemporary artist um, who sculpted them and placed them underwater. Yeah, wow, yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) It's it's, a whole underwater museum of you know modern art of sculpt, you know, life size sculptures, kind of crazy, crazy, crazy. And I I couldn't imagine. I think the glass bottom boat tour would be cool because I love going with my limited vision, going on tours where they're you know, narrating it. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be a little bit different. When I went on the website, you get a guided tour. So they would narrate what the statue is and describe it for you. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in the Mayan ruins, can you get any idea of what their living area was like, their houses? Oh, sure. Yeah. Depending actually the next place I'm about to talk about, um, I'll touch on that a little bit. There is a place in Riviera Maya and there's a resort, based around it, uh, but it's called the Xcarit Adventure Park. And they also have the Xcarit um, Extreme Adventure Park. But the Xcarit Park is a nature preserve. So they have where my wife and I stayed was the Xcarit Resort. So it's a nature preserve. So you have all of these animals, these little monkey raccoon things. I never got the actual name of them, but they look like monkey raccoons. Deer, giant iguanas. Supposedly, there is a couple of big cats that would occasionally walk, and you can't do anything about it because it's a nature preserve. So we came out one morning, and these monkey raccoons were eating the bowl of fruit that was left out for the guests. <laughs> you just got to <laughs> look at them and say, there's monkey raccoons eating the bananas. How cool is that? Um, and you'd walk out, and you'd be waiting for the the tram to pick because the resort's this giant, you know, piece of acreage and a deer would walk up to you and just like stand there and look at you. Cause they're so used to people that <laughs> there's a deer, like not even six feet away from me. So it was a very cool experience for that. But the Xcarit actual park uh, is built around smaller Mayan ruins. And some of those Mayan ruins were actually um, dwelling places. So you, you see them, you, they look very much like rudimentary houses um and then you can say there's larger buildings and then the 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 places of worship uh very often have more of the pyramid type shape and all around the resort not just in the park but even on the resort you could walk like going down to the beach um there was trails you could walk to and and see the different ruins on the property this excara park also has an artisan village that you can they have traditional mexican artisans working and, you know, me, I'm the foodie, so we got bread and these delicious cookies that you got a half dozen for one U.S. dollar. And they were just this amazing, dense cinnamon sugar cookie that I, a year and a half later, still dream about at times. But the artisans, they had, you know, people making um, the woven fabrics. They had people making traditional dolls, things like that. There was um, a colonial Mexican um, church um, that was built into the mountainside. So the pews and everything were at the actual rock of the mountainside. And then the building was built around that. And so the acoustics in it were amazing. They have a huge uh, historical um, history of Mexico theatrical performance that goes on for 90 minutes every night and whether you're in it or just in the 
hotel next to it, you hear the whole thing going on with, <laughs> you know, what they consider traditional Mayan music up until, you know, contemporary uh, Mexican history. Uh, they have an aquarium. This place was absolutely, it, it was one of those things that I had never, ever heard of. But when I heard of it, I was like, I have to go here. And we did. And we were so thankful that we did. And my favorite thing was that from the resort to get into it, you actually had to walk through like a quarter mile of like caves that was dug into the ground to get into the park. So it's called Xcarat, X-C-A-R-A-T. It's in Riviera Maya. And Riviera Maya is more, it's not as touristy as Cancun. There, It's a little bit higher end on the hotel side and you could actually go into town and feel safe. It's more of like a, a suburb area. Like we were talking to one of the employees there and they're like, Oh yeah, you can, you know, take a taxi into Walmart. They're like what? They're like, Oh yeah, there's a Walmart, right? <laughs> you know, a quarter mile. Not that's what I wanted to do in Mexico, but it, it has that residential feel to it. So one of my huge recommendations is to go to Xcarat. You have the Mayan ruins. You actually, um, Kim, you get to see some of the, the domicile places that they would have had and what they look like very rudimentary, just kind of a roof and kind of four walls. And it was a pretty, a pretty, pretty, pretty cool experience going there. Amazing. So we have another hand up, right? I believe it was Teresa. Okay. Um, you guys are talking that um, you didn't tell me the, the mentions of that flag that's being a parachute material. How, how, um, what did the mentions of flag? Or how long? I mean, how I, wide? I, I didn't get that detailed. It was um, over 500 pounds, and it took six people to get it up the flagpole. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, but, but they don't—they don't tell you how how if it's nine foot long or ten foot long. Uh, I'm sure if I googled it, I could find it, but I didn't for my notes because <laughs> we we just kind of hit the highlights here. So I will okay. we'll find it and we'll put it on our Facebook page. So if you like us on Facebook, that answer will be on our Facebook page. So thank you so much for that question, though. That, that'll make me... Can you get back to me later with the um, answer? Um... Sure, uh, we'll say it at the beginning of next week's show. Um, So we are coming up against the top of the hour. So guys, thank you for taking an hour out of your night to hang out with us as we go to Mexico. Thank you, Terry, for being the great leader of this group of misfits. Thank you, Desiree, for being our fearless host and converting Celsius into Fahrenheit. Thank you, Darrow, for making (laughs) sure technologically we are out there in the whole world. Guys, we do this because we love to travel. We want to travel better. We found a way to do it, and we have an incredible trip coming up that you could be a part of to the Atlantis. They don't do all-inclusive, but they're doing it for us. So if you want more information about that, you can email us or at outofsightadventures2020 at gmail, or you can reach out to us on Facebook. Guys, thank you so much. We just want to live the good life with you. Good night. Good night. Good night.